Listening to the Consultants Corner with Matthew Barber. Matthew Barber, bringing a fiduciary perspective to personal finance. Presented by Westminster Wealth Management. Hello, I'd like to welcome you all to the Consultants Corner, presented by Westminster Wealth Management. I'm Max Kessling. I'm the director of Creative and Marketing here at Westminster, and I'm here with Matthew Barber. Hi, this is Matthew Barber. I am the Senior Consultant with Westminster Wealth Management, and we're going to talk a little bit about estate planning today. It's going to be a very exciting topic. I'm very excited about it. Yeah, it's it's something that everyone needs to, to think about, and we're going to get into the reasons why and, and the different parts and moving things that you may want to consider. Um, so I read a uh, an article on time.com uh, and they had a very specific stat that I found very interesting that only 35 to 45% of Americans actually have a will which yeah. is incredible to me. Yeah, and that's that's only the beginning of estate planning. So you're right. Uh it's it's something that a lot of people don't think about. Um and I think a lot of that involves the uh thinking of you know, no, no one wants to think about their own demise and, and getting older. And um, there's always time to think about it down the road. And um, so a lot of people put it off. And unfortunately, they never get to it. Why do you think people are putting it off? Why do they put off estate planning? Well, I, there's two reasons, I think. There's there's the money aspect of it. They may think it's probably more expensive than they'd like to uh, um, actually put into something like that, um, as well as, you know, the just the the thought of their own mortality. So people don't like to think and plan about their own passing. Um, so a lot of people put it put it off for that mm-hmm. for that fact. It, it goes along the same lines as as life insurance. A lot of people don't like to talk about life insurance because then they're planning, you know, what could happen if they're not around there for their family. Yeah, it's a tricky subject, but it's something that needs to be discussed. You don't want to be caught um, and not being ready for what could happen. You always want to be prepared, and I think estate planning is, you know, something that everyone needs to be thinking about. Yeah, I agree. It's not it's not a fun topic for anyone, um, not even the professionals. You know, en- enjoy the conversation, but part of being a, an adult is taking care of things that need to be taken care of, and and this is one of those things. So, if you're starting estate planning, what are th- the main aspects that go into that. Yeah, I would say that the four main documents or areas that you want to look at with estate planning would be a will that, that everyone has probably heard of, a power of attorney, a healthcare proxy, and then a living will. Between those four documents, you can take care of most of the concerns that, that people that are in your life would have uh, if something were to happen to you. Serious. So let's go over the most basic first, the one that people have maybe heard about the most, a will. What is a will uh, and what should you make sure to be putting in your will? Yeah, so a will is is a general document that uh, when you pass gives the, the executor, who is the main person that will execute the will um, and the, the standards that you've put forth in that will, um, kind of a game plan or a roadmap as to how you want your assets um, given out. Um, is there anything that you want to, um, hold back or you want to give to charity or, um, is it something that's just equally distributed amongst, you know, all your living relatives? So the, the will itself is, is the very basic document, but a necessary one. What would you want to put in your will? Is it your assets? What goes, what goes inside of that? Yeah. Depending on how complicated your estate is, um, and your estate would be, um, all of your assets, 
all of your liabilities and and um, kind of the 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 real assets as well as just the the money, right? So we're not talking just dollars and cents. We're not talking mm-hmm. bank accounts and life insurance and retirement accounts. We're talking homes. Uh, we're talking cars. We're talking um, jewelry or any sort of uh, tangible asset that you can touch and feel. Um, everything like that should be uh, put in there because if not, it leaves to, to question, right? That executor, um, upon something happening, has to give that or put that that asset somewhere. So, so instead of leaving it up to guesswork, um, you know, it's good to it's good to be comprehensive. So, I know you talk about the executor a couple times. What power do they have, and who is assigned to be the executor of the will? Yeah, that's a great question. So you can assign anyone you want. Uh, you, it could be a close family member. It could not be a close family member. It could be an attorney. It could be your CPA. It could be anyone that has some sort of relationship to you or not. Uh, if you want to keep someone that's completely unbiased in the in the mix so that your family doesn't have to worry about it or argue about it, um, you can name anyone who you want to. Uh, it gives them no power except for... Um, once you pass, it allows them to execute the document as you have laid it out. So, um, you know, an executor can't, before you pass, start moving things around or change any change any of the language in that document. Um, and once once you do pass, um, there, there's nothing that they can do with, to the language of the document um, to, let's say, change what you would have directed it to be. Totally. Um We've mentioned another one of the main documents, you know, not the will, but the living will, um, which is obviously different. <laughs> um, what can you go ahead and describe what that is? Yeah, and the living will is um, is is very different from the will. It it's a document that gives a roadmap as well, but it's more of end of life care. So it's um, it will give you uh, language in that document to say how you wish to, you know. Um, be resuscitated or not, um, to have any sort of means of physical care, um, and what levels of, um, activity or non-activity that you're willing to go through, um, when it's getting down to be that end of life. Yeah. It seems like a living will is, uh, answering the questions for you when you're not able to answer them yourselves, yourself, even when you're alive. Yes, yes. And it, it's it's not the, you know, do I need to pay a bill or not pay a bill? Um, or do I need to, um, you know, take this medicine um, to get rid of a cold? It's, you know, things are getting pretty serious. Um, I can't answer them for myself, but I don't want someone else to make that decision. These are the actual decisions myself um, that I've thought about, and I want them played out like this. So it gives it gives a game plan uh, or a roadmap for someone to execute on your behalf instead of leaving it up to someone else. With these living wills and these such standard will, how specific should you be getting in these? Uh, no, here, my teddy bear that I've had for 35 years that goes to my son. You know what I mean? Does that need to be? Like how specific does a will need to be? Yeah. And that's so it, it can be as specific as, as anyone wants to make it. Um, that 
35-year-old teddy bear may be very um, meaningful to someone and they may want it to go specifically and to someone and they don't care about the money that they have. So it could go to anyone, anywhere, it doesn't really matter. Um, so it really depends on how you um, value things. And um, with these documents, you can get as granular as you want or you can leave it very high level. Um, it's just something that you would want to talk to an estate planning attorney about. Um, clearly, we're not we're not attorneys, so I would always consult an attorney before making any decisions like that. I, I think you know there are a lot of places online that you can go to look up documents, and I think those are are pretty general in nature. Um, so I would always consult some sort of estate planning attorney. So is, is, does that go into the power of attorney? Is that an overarching category there? So the power of attorney is, is a, a person or entity that you designate that would make decisions on your behalf when it comes to money. Um, this would be before your passing. So it's while you're still alive. Um, so if you have bills that need to be paid and you can't make them because you're in the hospital or maybe you have started to um, see dementia like um, symptoms, then then you'd want someone taking care of your taking care of your assets. So a power of attorney would take care of any legal um, or financial types of transactions that need to be made. As soon as you pass away, though, that power of attorney loses all rights and all privileges, and it goes on to the executor. Okay, so that's where the the transition happens. Correct. Okay, it's between the executor and the power of attorney right right when the passing okay that makes sense um so these documents are very legally binding so how often should you be reviewing them and how often should you be you know making changes and you know editing them to make sure that they're fitting the time period with which you're in yeah great question so anytime you make any sort of financial changes or if you have any sort of lifestyle changes or um you know, something just materially changes in your life. I don't think it needs to be, you know, on a, you know, annual or a couple year basis that you, that you take a look at these, uh, unless things are changing annually. But, um, I would review annually with, with your state planning attorney and say, you know, has anything changed with the state laws? Um, is there anything else that I need to consider? Um, and if so, then let's update it. But otherwise, unless you, get married, get divorced, you um, have another child or, um, you know, someone who would be your beneficiary or someone who's going to take care of something like an executor, um, maybe they pass away prior to you. I don't think unless something like those types of situations come up that you really need to um, be overly concerned about changing the document. Yeah. But it's always good to review, I'm sure. A yearly review of what you have would not be a bad thing. Yeah, yearly review with, with your attorney would, would make a lot of sense. Totally. So you mentioned uh, beneficiaries, and I think that's kind of a complicated subject for a lot of people because we're talking about you know your, your health and well-being, and then it's the people that will benefit after your passing. Um, I think it's a very important thing to communicate with the heirs or the benefactors of your will, um, how should you be doing that? And when should you be doing that? Yeah, I think that's a great, great point. So uh, along with the beneficiaries, you should, uh, anyone who is going to take part in in your estate plan, whether that be a power of attorney or a healthcare proxy, you should have the open dialogue. You should be okay talking to people about what your wishes are. Um, 
whether they're going to like them or not. I, I think that's that's a different conversation to be had. But um, yeah, be open to sharing and talking about things like that, right? People should know ahead of time. Uh, if they know what you're looking for and they know uh, if everyone involved knows, then it leaves less questions when maybe you aren't there to answer them. Totally. So uh, you just mentioned your healthcare proxy. Can you go into that a little bit deeper? Yeah. So healthcare proxy is the uh, person that would make health decisions for you. So kind of like a power of attorney would make financial decisions for you. This person um, would make healthcare decisions for you up until the time that you were to pass um, when if you're not able to. And so if you are, if you're unable to make healthcare decisions, again, that living will is going to help them make decisions because they're going to know exactly what you're thinking. Otherwise, it's good to kind of vet or make sure that the person that you're going to make your healthcare proxy is on the same wavelength as you, right? You, you don't want someone who is not um, agreeable to life-sustaining treatments to be your healthcare proxy if, if you want life-sustaining treatments. Mm-hmm. Um, so getting on the same page with the person that you're you're going to um, nominate for any of these designations is is very important. It seems like when we're talking here, the, there's no time early enough. I mean, you could you could talk about this and communicate with all these people, organize your will, organize your living will um, as early as you can because you never know when something's going to happen. So it's you know, it's beneficial to yourself to be prepared. Yeah, I think you're right. I mean, we we take every day in this life as as uh, it could be the last, right? So we we don't know what's going to happen tomorrow. Um, you know, maybe we we don't pass away, but uh, maybe we get injured and, and we can't uh, make decisions like we used to. Um, it, it, it's You never know what's going to happen. So instead of putting it off, I, I suggest to everyone that, that these are things that they consider, especially if you have children or, or other people that, that um, rely on you. Um, the situation, a situation could get very sticky um, if you don't. I know that can be part of a will, right? So you're, if you have children and you're, you're younger and they're younger children, they would go on to another, um, you would designate who would your children be going on to next after your passing. Um, yeah. That's a really important thing, I think, to, for people to think about. Yeah, not even that. Um, but yeah, you're right. Um, you know, having, having a good thought process on who would take care of your kids if you weren't around. Um, you know, is it your in-laws? Is it your parents? Are they too old to take care of your your young kids or or would they be just fine? Um, but also, who's going to take care of the finances for those kids, right? Because um, maybe those people aren't the same as who takes care of the kids. Um, some people are very good with money. Some people are very good with people. Uh, there, there are a lot of times when I'll be meeting with a client and their attorneys where they they definitely draw a line and, and they're different people that are taking care of the money. Um, and not that they think that anything harmful or, you know, bad would be happening to these, uh, to the, to the money or that it would be fraudulent, but some people are just better with money than other people. Um, and, and you want to, to make sure that, that if you aren't around, that someone's being prudent with your, with your money for your children. So let's say you weren't playing ahead and you end up passing away, uh, without having a will. What happens then? Yeah. So if you don't have a plan, the state does for you. So depending on what state you're in, you'd have to check with the laws of the state. Um, but there is a natural progression of an estate in in everyone's 
state. So um, I'm not going to get into ex- exact mm-hmm. because no, we don't know who we're to. talking yeah. to here. Yeah. So uh, I'm not going to get into exact state law. Yeah. Um, but I would I would contact again your estate planning attorney yeah. to talk about you know let's say I don't yeah. put you know maybe I don't have any um, children I don't have any spouse or significant other I don't have any family I'm just a single person out there why do I need an estate or why do I need or why do I need an estate plan I would I would talk to an estate planning attorney about that because yeah. there are definite reasons um, to do that and if, if you don't put a plan there, there will be one set forth for you but always better to have a plan yeah there's, there's never you know never always a time for that. Um, so does it matter so much if you have a lot of assets or no assets? Like, is there a difference in what you should be doing from a estate planning perspective? No, I think, um, we, and we can get into some very convoluted talk about trusts and, and that could be a whole another podcast. Might have to be. <laughs> yeah, it might, maybe it is. Um, but I would say the, the four basic documents that we just talked about, um, will, regardless of your financial situation are, are just a good basis for, for what you should have. I, I don't think that we're getting too crazy um, into the weeds with that type of stuff. I think, you know, if we t- started talking about the different types of trusts and, um, you know, complicated situations, um, you know, those come into play when there are more financially complicated situations. So if, if you're someone who has, you know, multiple homes and uh, multiple inheritances that you want to give or receive or that you will be receiving, um, uh, you know, at that point, then it becomes more complicated. But I would say that the four that we talked about, anyone and everyone should have those documents. Sounds great. So we've had a pretty comprehensive discussion here on estate planning. Is there anything else you'd like to talk about before we wrap this one up? No, I think um, I would say that the biggest thing is to to not not be afraid of it, not not to think that it's uh, something that you can put off tomorrow. Uh, just have sit down, have a conversation with a local estate planning attorney in your area, um, and and see what they have to say. Sounds great. All right, uh, thank you for joining us all on the Consultants Corner, and until next time. Thanks a lot. Have a good one.